This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, everyone. Um, I think this is probably the most important share I ever gave to this point in my life. Um, something, something today that um, that I realized that answered a lot of questions. Um, so we're going to start off with Mishnichnas Adam Ab Masimcha Rishchaydish Adar. The famous question is. What does it mean, Mishinichnas Adar? It should say the whole Adar. You should be Mam Basimcha. Not Mishinichnas. Mishinichnas means just, just today when it starts. <laughs> and, and why Marvin Basimcha? I would think Chiyas Mitrayim, Nisan, should be, should be Marvin Basimcha. And it doesn't tell us how. In, 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 we, we realize that you always have to be in a state of Simcha because on an Av it says Namat in Basimcha. It doesn't say you should be sad. You're never allowed to be sad. Everyone who's watching, you're not as a Jew. You cannot serve Hashem if you're sad. You can never be sad. So even in Av, when the base of Mishra was destroyed, doesn't say this month you should be sad. Adar, Purim, you should be happy. No. It says in Purim, more happy. In Av, less happy. But always happy. You gotta be happy. You can't serve Hashem if you're sad. It doesn't work. Okay? So the question is, why Adar? Why Adar? Mishinichnas Adar. Okay. So I want to tell you what happened today. It's very, very important. I went up to the ranch today. Bethel. I went up to the ranch to speak to my, girl, to my girls that are there and to the whole staff. Jews, not Jews. We have a, a staff of almost 30 workers. There's some Jews, there's some not Jews. But I, I call the staff meeting together with all the girls that are there. To try, thank you, to try to explain something that's been bothering me and I've been trying to find the answer. And today, a girl on the ranch, I've gone to the biggest therapist in the world to get this answer. I haven't gotten an answer yet. And whoever goes to therapy, I think you should take a tape of this sheer. I think your therapist will find this very interesting. So here's the, here's the situation. For some reason the rate of relapse in any rehab not mental health, drugs, doesn't make, make a difference the rate of relapse um, and Averis let's forget mental health, Averis you stand on Yom Kippur and on Yom Kippur you're like I'll, hey, I'm not talking about I'm not looking at girls, I'm not, my mouth is going to be clean, uh, right and then the next Yom Kippur you're saying it again and baby you have a whole list, right so like, why did you relapse? What's going on over here? Uh, I'm throwing a bunch of stuff together. What is this? That Avera is Goyrim and Avera, and a Mitzvah is Goyrim and Mitzvah. If I did an Avera, why does that cause me to do another Avera? Hashem, help me out. I did this Avera. It doesn't mean you're going to make me do another Avera because I did this Avera. What, what's going on over here? What's the psyche part of it? So this, this is uh, something that I, I, I've gone to like very big people about, and it's bothering me very, very much. Because even in the ranch setting... In any setting that I've gone to, um, people do do very well. They do very well the first month, the second month, the third month maybe, and then they go back into their behaviors and everything that they gain, they start to lose. And it seems to be that subconsciously, they're doing it on purpose. They're sabotaging themselves. It's like we had a girl. You have a girl that's cutting. Right? She's cutting for years terribly, and now she's three months not cutting, everything healed, she's riding horses, she's happy, she's smiling, 
And then, and then, she's cutting again. Or she's eating, and then she stopped eating again. Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. Why would someone, why would someone self-sabotage? The answer is, if you live in a, a life of pain, if your whole life you're coming from a dysfunctional family, you went through abuse, you don't have friends, you, you get used to the pain. It's sort of like a toothache that's not crazy, right? I'm going to go to dentist, I'm going to go to dentist, I'm going to go to dentist. You get used to it. And if you wake up and there's no pain, you're like, did I die? Like, you know, you get up every day with a headache, and all of a sudden one day you get up without a headache, the second day without a headache, third day, something's wrong. Maybe I have a tumor, like, blocking the headache. Like, something's wrong. What do you mean something's wrong? You don't have a headache. You should be dancing. You're doing great in the ranch. You're growing, you're riding, you're happy. You, you should be dancing. Why are you crashing? Why are you coming out of rehab after 45 days, any rehab, drug rehab, and you go back into your environment, boom, you're crashing. 90% relapse. Why are you self-sabotaging? Why are you hurting yourself? Okay, so this is not, everybody, this is not a new concept. Everything is in the Torah, and Hashem knew about this. Of course Hashem knew about this, right? So let's just look at something very fascinating, okay? So, when Moshe Rabbeinu comes to talk to Christ, now remember, they're slaves. They're avadim, they're slaves. They're taking their firstborn boys, and they're throwing them in the Nile River. They're killing all their boys. Paro is shechting babies and taking a bath in their blood, Okay? There's a Holocaust. A Holocaust. Four-fifths of the Jews die in Mitzrayim. You're getting beat. They're beating you. They're making you make your own bricks. They're killing you. Okay? Moshe Rabbeinu shows up and says, Mashiach's here! Let's go! They should have all jumped up and gone crazy. But guys, it's not what they're used to. And we get used to a certain life, and we get, it's, it sounds crazy what I'm about to say, we get comfortable in our pain. And when all of a sudden you're feeling good for a while, you become very uncomfortable with that feeling. It's not what I'm used to. I'm not used to smiling. I'm not used to being happy. I am not used to not crying. I am not used to not fetching. I am not used to not getting attention for my negative behavior. That's how I'm living. And a girl in my ranch said today, she's very smart and very in tune with her feelings. She said, I'll tell you even more. I feel guilty feeling good. Girls feel guilty about everything and Jewish women feel guilty more than most women. So she's actually, when she's in pain, I deserve the pain. I deserve the pain. When she's feeling good, she says like, I don't like to be in that feeling because I don't deserve to feel good. So I want to go back to my cutting, to my pain, to whatever I'm doing. So here comes Moshe Rabbeinu. God is going to save you. The Messiah is here. Let's go. We're free. Slaves, let's go. What, what happens? Says the Pasuk. 
he, he, what, what did the Pasuk say here? They didn't listen to him. Vayidabe Moshe came of B'nai Yisrael, the Loshom Moshe. They didn't listen to Moshe because they were working so hard. What do you mean? If you're working hard and someone shows up and says, you're free, you're not going to listen to him? You're going to be, hallelujah, let's go. No, because every day, you're used to getting hit and you're used to getting up in the morning and you're used to going to work and used to having your kids thrown into the Nile River and you got used to that. So when a guy shows up and says, that's over, you're like, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what it means not to be in pain. It's a crazy thing. But it's the same thing with Avera Guerreras and Avera. If I continuously do Averas, I, I don't know. That, that's, that's my life. That's what I'm used to. So, so, so being in the environment of doing bad stuff, and now Rabbi, Rabbi shows up and he wants to take me out of my drugs, and he wants to take me out of my gang, it's great. But I, I, I don't know what that means to come to Minyan. I'm not comfortable coming to Minyan. I'm, I'm much more comfortable not coming to Minyan. I'm much more comfortable doing my drugs. What do you mean? You don't want to do drugs. You want to be clean. I know, but, but, but when they get clean in rehab for 30 days, it's weird. It's weird. I don't know that feeling. I don't deserve that feeling. Whatever you want to say. I'm not used to that feeling. So we self-sabotage. We self-sabotage. That's what we do. And it, what it opened to me is that a lot of mental illness, a lot of mental illness, I, I, I made a mistake. A lot of people who are bipolar or borderline, whatever, whatever mental illness you have, and they're on medication for anxiety, for, for depression, whatever it is, they stop taking their medicine. You ask any psychiatrist, the biggest problem with medicine for mental health is that the minute they start, they feel good, they stop taking their medicine. And the way it works with mental health is that when you want to start taking your medicine again, the medicine doesn't work. You have to, you have to, you have to mix it. And, and so, so like someone who's, who, who's bipolar and they have to go off the medicine, a girl, and she has to get pregnant. It's a, it's a, only the best can, can get, she can get pregnant. And then when she has a child, to bring them back. Because you cannot take the same medicine. It doesn't work. You have, you have to mix new, new medicine. So I always thought that the reason in mental health you stop taking your medicine is because you feel like you're healed. So I'm healed, but I have to take my medicine for it. Even though you know that medicine is not a healer, as long as you take it, you're okay. But you stop taking it, right? So people who were good, stopped taking it, relapsed, right? Started again, got good, they do it again. So my kasha was, you know, right, that you're good, but if you stop taking your medicine, you're not good, so why would you do that again? And today... On the ranch, having my sit down with everyone, I came to an understanding. No, the reason they stop taking their medicine is not because they think they're healed. They know they're not healed because that person did it again and the same thing happened is because I don't like feeling good. I don't like feeling good. I'm not used to feeling good. I'm used to people yelling at me. I'm used to fetching. I'm used to being in pain. No one's yelling at me. I'm not in pain. I don't know that world. So even though it's a painful world, they're avadim, like, just keep hitting me. Now, how do you know that God, that this is really true? Let's go to Pasha's B'Shalach. 
the Jews are out of Mitzrayim. Could you imagine that? They are free. The slaves are free. Out of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, right? They're out, they're out of, the, of the worst object that there is. But Yibishach Paras he sent us out. We're free. We should have been so happy. Says Hashem, the I'm not taking you the way of the Pelishtim. Kikarovu. Because it's close. Isn't that a reason you should take me there? No, because you're not going to have enough time being free not to want to go back. So what I discussed on the ranch today is everybody wants to get better. Everyone wants to get better right away. I'm going to go, and I'm going to get better, and I'm going to go home. 30 days, two weeks, a week. But what happens is that that better feeling, you're not used to it. You're not used to the weather. You're not used to the better feeling. So many of the models that I watched in Utah and other places is a 12 to 14 month model to be there. Why? You need 14 months of therapy? No. You need 14 months of feeling good. You need to deprogram that I need to be in pain. So if you're only going to feel good for a month, it's weird. I'm not used to this. The minute I'm out of here, I'm going back to my stuff. I'm cutting. I'm, I'm with depression. I'm not getting out of bed. I'm going back to my stuff. But if, I'm, if, if, if I deprogram my brain and I'm, I'm healthy for 14 months, it's not so strange anymore. Where do you see that in the Torah? Avram Avinu's second greatest test was Lech Lecha. Why? Why was it such a great test? If you look in Pashat Lech Lecha, what does Hashem say? Lech Lecha right? Leave your environment, leave your bad place, and go, listen to this, and go to the place I'm sending you, and I'm going to make you great God all, huge nation, I'm going to bless you, you're going to become famous, you're going to have a bracha, right? You're going to, you're going to have children, you're going to be famous. Guys, what kind of test is that? Hashem's telling him, you don't have children, everybody hates you, because you, you're the only guy that believes in God, right? I'm going to take you somewhere, it's going to be amazing. So that's a test, that's the second hardest test out of the Akeda? And the answer is, yeah, because I'm taking you out of your comfort zone. I'm taking you out of your environment. So even though I lived in Canaan, I lived in Haran, I lived with a bunch of lowlifes and all that, but I'm used to it, and I'm used to it. Now Hashem's saying, I'm going to give you everything. I, I, I don't want everything. I want what I'm used to. So if I live in pain, I went through abuse. Not that I'm used to abuse, but we get to, you know, abused people, abused wives and everything else. There are times that I have dealt with this, and I don't understand it, but now I do understand it, where their husbands beat them. They beat them. I saw them with black and blue marks, and I said, we're not letting you go home anymore. You're not going home. We're putting this guy in jail. And she really means it, and she says, no, Rabbi Wallace, you don't understand. It's my fault. He's beating me because it's my fault. I'm like, what did you do? I didn't have supper ready when he got home. I'm like, so you deserve a beating? Like, what's wrong with you? You can't go home. We got to go to court. And they're like, no, I'm going home. Because she doesn't know what it means to live without a husband. So even though I'm a slave and I'm getting beaten, it sounds sick, right? This is, this is the problem. It's, it's a, you get programmed and you get used to it. And Klai Yisrael, Hashem said, I'm not 
taking you Derech Eretz Pelishtim. I'm not taking you the short way. Because if you're going to see war, they're going to run back. They're going to run back because they saw war. They're going to run back to Mitzrayim. They're going to take their babies and throw them in the Nile River. And they're beating the heck out of them. And, and, and they're washing, and they're taking, ba- they're bathing in children's blood. You're going to run back because of a war? Hashem said, yeah, you know why? Because they're used to it. They're used to Mitzrayim. They're not used to so you know what? They're going to have to be in the midbar for 40 years and be used to man, beautiful food, clouds, Miriam. They're not going to have to do anything. They have to heal. Before they go to Israel, we have to heal them. Because if we don't heal them, guess what's going to happen? They're going to run right back to Israel. What do you mean, Hashem? Man! doesn't matter. They lived in pain for so long, that's how they're programmed. I need to deprogram. It's going to take 40 years to deprogram. And guess what? All the people that were programmed as Avadim had to die. None of them went into Eretz Yisrael. Because there was such Avadim. And if you go through, it's possible to tell you. Shabu It doesn't make any sense. Here, listen to this. You, you'll go through the whole, the whole Shemos, right? By the Yam. Okay, by the Yam. What does Kaiyachol say? You see that you see you might see in the Torah that it's not it's not a strange thing. It's not a strange thing. Vayirum oid vayitzakum bnei Yisrael al Hashem vayomer al Moshe. That's when they were stuck between the Mitzrayim and the, the Yam. Hamibli and Kvarim in Mitzrayim aren't there graves in Mitzrayim? Lakachu lamos by Midbar. Mazoy sesinu lo etzinu in Mitzrayim. Why'd you take it out of Mitzrayim? Are you ready for this next pasuk? Listen to this next passage. Nobody knows this. We told you in Mitzrayim. Moshe Beno came to him and said, I'm getting you out of all this trouble, right? I'm getting you out of jail, out of jail free. I'm getting you out of, out of prison, right? So they're telling Moshe, we told you in Mitzrayim, leave us alone and let us work in Mitzrayim. You ready? Mitzrayim. Because it's good for us to work in Mitzrayim. We must say by Midbar. Moshe Rabbeinu told you he's taking him to the Midbar to kill you. So in Mitzrayim, listen, guys, listen carefully. It's very, very deep and it's a very big secret. Listen to what the Pasuk is saying. Did Moshe ever tell Klai Yisrael in Mitzrayim, I'm taking you into the Midbar to die? Did he ever say that? He never said that. He said, I'm taking you to Matan Torah and to, and to Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Zavas Chal They're telling Moshe, that what we heard in Mitzrayim, and what we told you is, Chadal, it's better for us to work in Mitzrayim than for you to take us out to die. What are you talking about? He never said he's taking you out to die. No, the main line is the first line. It is better for us to work in Mitzrayim. Because that's what we're used to. So in the ranch today, I explained to the girls that this need and want, if you have it, to relapse or to leave, I'm good. You really know you're not good. And you really just want to go back to your comfort zone. But your comfort zone is pain. Why would I let someone I care about go back into a comfort zone of pain? So I asked asked the question. And the question I asked the girls is, how do we fix this? Self-sabotage. How do you fix it? 
everybody's self-sabotaging. You self-sabotage in a marriage, you self-sabotage in your relationships. So one of the girls who's the same girl that said the other thing said, because I said like, if you're in the ranch for three, four months and you're used to Rabbi Wallstein, what I was trying to say first of all is that what does that mean? Get rid of the bad and then do the good. Why? Why? Do the good. Just always do good. It's because you, you have to be healthy. Sumira means get rid of the disease. If someone wants to do open heart surgery, I had to go for a colonoscopy when I had to go, right? So I had a, I had a very bad cold. So I called up the nurse. I said, I have a very bad cold. I might have a drop of fever. Does that interfere? She goes, you can't take colonoscopy. You come back when your cold is gone and your fever is gone. And what does one thing have to do with the other? The answer is your body has to be strong. We're, we're doing colonoscopy. Your body has to be strong. So, so, so the, the, before you do therapy, before you, before you go inside to someone's pain, right, and open them up, they have to be very strong. If, if you're, so one of the things that we do in, in the ranch is that we have a lot of activities that don't seem to be therapeutic, like boxing and art and ceramic and dance and planting. And like, Rabbi, I came here for therapy. I want to talk about my stuff day and night. I'm like, you can't. Because if I open you up, your stuff is pretty bad, pretty painful. If I open you up and you're not healthy enough to do that kind of work, I'm killing you. I'll kill you. We'll kill you. And I know kids that that were opened up, that were opened up in their pain, and they couldn't close them. And they couldn't close them. And because they couldn't close them, they're not here anymore. So before you, before you, I say, Tov, you got to sue me, Ra. So I explained to them that, yeah, horses, all this stuff, you need to feel good. You need to feel happy. You need to be in a good place for a long time. And then we could take you back to the bad place that you're used to. And you might, you don't like it, but you're used to it. I don't want to bring you back to that world because I'm just triggering you. And you're going to definitely relapse. So we have to put you in that world. Now the problem, one of the girls said, is that, okay, so I buy you for three, four months. And now I come back into the real world. Who, who's there to make me feel good? No, you're making you're taking care of us. But then when you go into the real world, who's taking care of us? So another girl answered. She said, no. She said, bad behavior in our generation gets rewarded. The bad kid, we're going to Israel. We're taking them to Israel. We're inviting, oops, we're inviting them to our house. We're giving them to drink. And we're taking them skiing in Utah. And we're doing all this stuff. And the yeshiva guy who's breaking his back and learning, he doesn't know what Utah is. He doesn't know what skis are. Nobody's taking him to Israel, right? So the kids who are troublemakers, they get whatever they want. And I'm, I'm part of that. My, my BCA, right, my girls, we're going to Disney for three days, right? But the girls in Missouri, they're not going to Disney for three days. And the girls in Bessacca, they're not going to Missouri, right? So pretty much the world has learned, the kids are not stupid, that if you're a troublemaker, you get whatever you want. So what happens when you come into the world and you want to be good and you get no attention and you're used to bad behavior getting attention, so you're going to go back to the bad behavior, so the other girl answered, if you get healthy enough, then you learn how to reward yourself. 
You don't need Utah and all that other stuff. The, she's very deep. She said, being healthy, coming out of the pain, is the greatest reward and the greatest feeling. And if you're in pain and you go to Disney for three days or you go to Utah for three days, guess what happens when you come back from Utah? You're back in the same home, in the same dysfunction, in the same drugs, in the same pain. Nothing changed. But if you yourself change, you don't need Utah. You'll go to Utah whenever you want to, but you don't need Utah. She's, she's 100% right. She said, to you, and people should start rewarding kids that do good stuff. Because they really feel like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't count because I'm good. And that has to stop. You count more because you're good. Because you have to work very hard to be good. So, so what we were saying, and I'll get to the horses. So we have these horses, and, and, and I'm not, I'm, it's not an advertisement. It's something that I just learned, and it's, I'm going to show you. It's all, everything is in the Torah. Everything is in the Torah. It's very connected to Adar. So I'm fascinated by equestrian therapy because I've been studying it for a while, and, and it's just it's not normal how this works. It's just not normal how it helps. Of all the therapies, talk therapy, CBD, DBT, EMDR, all this stuff, it just, it just works. For everyone, all the time, and the answer is simple. It's simple. Relationship is based on trust. Someone who went through abuse or trauma, somebody broke that trust. So we don't love anybody. We don't love anything or anyone because we're scared that what what the person who we love is going to hurt us. We're vulnerable. So I don't want to be vulnerable. <coughs> so human beings hurt me. So I don't trust human beings. I am not going to love a human being. Now, if I don't love a human being, how am I going to love my wife? How am I going to love my kids? How am I going to love Hashem, who's not even a human being, right? So a horse <coughs> is not going to hurt you. It's bigger than you. It's more powerful than you. They have a relationship with this horse. And they love this horse. And for the first time in their life, maybe the second time they love their teddy bear, right? Maybe. Right? But for the first time in their life, they love something that they're not scared is going to hurt them. And the thing that they love is much bigger than they are and much more powerful than they are. So I could love something that's bigger and more powerful and not be scared that it's going to hurt me. Now, you do that every single day for an hour. You brush it, you comb it, you ride it. It's your horse. It knows you. You know it. It walks up to you. It it nuzzles you. Whatever it does. And you're continually doing this. What you're programming your brain is, I can love something, and, and it loves me back, and it's beautiful, and it's much stronger than I am, and it doesn't hurt me. And it doesn't hurt me. And it doesn't hurt me. 30 days, it doesn't hurt me. 60 days, it doesn't hurt me. 90 days, it doesn't hurt me. All of a sudden, in my head, I could love something that won't hurt me. Now, there's a big shift from that point to take that to a human being. But if you can't start with the animal, the human being hurt me. So I don't trust the human being. I can't, I can't do this with a human being. I, I'm programmed that uh-uh, human beings hurt you. They stab you in the back, emotionally, physically, sexually. I don't know how they got hurt. But whoever that person is that needs help got hurt. So I, I, don't, I don't trust people. But I have something in my life that's alive, so it's more than a teddy bear or a doll. 
it's bigger than me, it's stronger than me, and it's specifically in certain abuses, right, because they were abused by stronger people than they were, and this thing is much stronger, and it's not hurting me, and reprogramming my brain that I could love something that won't hurt me. And once you do that, that can lead you, if it's done correctly, the right therapist, the right whatever, can lead you to, okay, I will open up a little bit to love my mother, my father, whatever I am, a little bit at a time, because I still don't trust people, but I experienced love without pain. It's magic. I see it every day. It's magic. I see not only by me, wherever I went to see it, I see it. That, and then I can love Hashem, I can love my parents, I can love girls who would ever go back to their homes or ever talk to their parents. Slowly. It's not a, it takes time. Everything takes time. You, you have to get used to your environment. Chal throughout Parshish, throughout Parshish Shemos and past Parshish Shemos and in Parshish in, in by the Mun, right? The same thing, you, right? You keep saying. Now, you see in this Pasuk, right? We told you in Mitzrayim we want to stay and now this Mitzrayim keep talking I never told you you're going to die in the Midbar. They're so used to pain that wherever you're going to take me I'm still going to be in pain because that's all I know. So you take me to the Midbar? I'm in pain. You tell me to Israel, I'm in pain. Why? My whole life I lived in pain. So I'm going to self-sabotage. You can take me to the Midbar, we want to get out of here. So by the Mon, by the Slav, by the water, by the Memeriva, wherever you went, by Mara, wherever you went throughout the whole time, you took us out of time to die, 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 crazy. You took us out of time to die, you crazy. to die, I never said that to you. Where did you get this from? The answer is in their head, die. Die. I'm an Evid, die. It's all about dying. I'm going to die in a try. I'm going to die here. Why should I go? To, I'm going to die in a try. Why should I go die in the midbar? Who told you you're going to die in the midbar? So this is mamash what we're talking about. So mishenichnas amdar, marben besimcha. You have to flip your brain. You have to come into this month because this month leads to the gula of mitzrayim. You have to come into this month. Now, what does it mean, Marvin Basimcha? On, 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 on Av, it tells you you can't shave, you can't have a wedding, you can't listen to music, you can't drink wine, you can't eat meat, right? It tells you how to be less happy. Now it says in the Shulchan Aruch, you're not telling me how. How? What should I do? Listen to music in my car? Drink wine? No. Right? What, what, take more, re- go, go to Florida? What, so, so Rabbi Wallerstein, what does this mean? It says I should be happy. What should I do? You come over to me tonight. Rabbi, today's the first day of Adar, right? Okay, what do I do tonight to keep what the Shulchan Aruch says? What should I do? Drink? No. Smoke? A jewel? No. What, what should I do? Rabbi Wallerstein, what should I do? Sing? What should I do? So what's the answer? What is Mabim Simcha? Happiness? Poise? Everyone who's watching is a state of mind. Whiskey don't make you happy. Music don't make you happy. Music's good, and you. But the minute the music you turn off, did it make you? Ha- it made you happy for the moment. It doesn't make you a happy person, right? Drinking when it wears off, even if it does make you happy, doesn't make you a happy person. In fact, probably makes you a miserable person because you wake up with a headache. So. 
What does that mean? Happiness is a state of mind. So Rabbi Wallerstein, what should I change my state of mind to tonight? How do I change my state of mind? So the answer is a whole year a whole year I know that Hashem loves me because he does good things for me. Okay? A whole year. Ambasimcha, thank you for my children, thank you for my panasa, thank you for my good looks. For you I'm saying that, not for me, but thank you for my good looks, thank you for my brains. Thank you for this, thank you for that. So a whole year, you have to be besimcha, right? Adar. The hidden miracles. Amazing. Amazing. So, Mishinichnas Ador, because Ador is the month of Purim. And the, lo- the reason it's called Purim is because the lottery came out in Ador because, because what's his name? Haman knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was born in Ador. He didn't know that he died in Ador. So he missed that picture. In fact, Brought down that Moshe Rabbeinu was born Adoshani. I don't understand exactly how there was an Adoshani because there wasn't a, a Bezdin. I don't I, exactly, but he was born in Adoshani. So there's a lot of information Hamad didn't have. But we see a regular story with Esther, a queen, and this and that, and Achshverosh and Vashti, and all this stuff. And you don't see Hashem's name. Hashem says, This is not, you don't see me here. So when I know that someone but I'm not sure they love me because to me it's, it looks like, like b- bad stuff's coming my way from them. When I realize that really all that bad stuff is a nisnister, is really good, which is not Nisan. Nisan is Nigla. Hashem did everything openly. So very, it's very nice. It's not Marvin Basimcha. Whatever you did, all the, you saw all nice things you did for me. I love you. Very good. You know, uh, 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 but the stuff I don't know about. The stuff that I think is not good, right? And that ends up being for good for me. That's, in, that's, that's crazy love. That's, that, that's like, wow. Like, like that, I thought you were hurting me. And really, oh my God, it was real. Wow. That's amazing. That's the marvelous. It's a state of mind. It's coming into Adar. And this year we have two months of it. It's coming into Adar and understanding the The bad stuff is really good. That's the whole Purim. It's, it's, it's a state of mind. So, to take it to an, an extent that to realize that out of my comfort zone, I'm not used to this. Right? I'd rather be in pain because I'm used to having this, getting up with this headache and I don't know how to deal with no headache. I think something's wrong that I'm not having a headache. Right? To realize that out of, out of my comfort zone, in the end, is because people love me and people care about me. And that's why they're taking me out of my comfort zone. Even though I'd really rather be in Mitzrayim. Exactly what they were saying. 
Why are you taking me? Why are you taking me out of my comfort zone? Why are you making me feel good? I'm like, no, no, you're, you're killing me. I don't want to feel good. I want to be in pain. I, I don't want to quetch, but that's what I do. I'm used to quetching, and I'm used to being in pain, and it's very hard for me. And now, all of a sudden, I get up in the morning, and I'm happy. Like, what's going on here? What, what, what are they putting in the air? What are they putting in the water? <laughs> what, are they, what are they doing? I'm not, what's going on over here? I'm not, I, I don't like this, so I'm going to... I'm going to relapse on purpose, not on purpose, by accident on purpose. I'm going to stop taking my medicine because I feel too good with my medicine. Or sometimes they stop, they take, stop taking the medicine because the side effects make me feel like a zombie, right? But sometimes it's like, okay, I really feel great right now. So, so I don't like that. I don't like feeling great. It sounds so strange, right? Not to like feeling great. Doesn't it sound strange? But they're not used to it. You're not used to it. Left lecha. I don't want to leave. It's my second hardest test. But I'm, I'm taking you to this beautiful place. Right? I'm taking you. are going to be the man. You're going to get everything. I'm not comfortable there. I don't, I don't know the people. I'm not comfortable there. This is a very big step in every one of us. Not to self-sabotage ourselves. Because there, there are guys who don't learn. And, and, and whatever, they're out there. And they're not, they're not going to share with everything. And when they start coming to share and stuff like that, why do they stop? Because they're like... First of all, I don't deserve to do this because I'm not a good guy. So I'm not that, that, but that's girls mostly. The, the, the beating themselves up and, 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 and feeling guilty. Guys don't feel guilty. We point at everyone else. We never feel guilty about ourselves. It's like your fault, not my fault. Girls are like, it's my fault. I did it. I could have stopped, you know. And the guys are like, not my fault. Everyone else is my Rebbe's fault. It's everyone else's fault. Girls and guys are very different like that. We blame everybody. They blame themselves. It's great in a marriage. You blame her and she blames herself, right? You're, you're smiling, right? This is great. You know, I blame you and you blame yourself. Okay, well, Hashem, right? No, you don't have to, you shouldn't blame her. Adam did it. Look what happened. Hashem said, why'd you eat from the tree? Right? She, it, she did it. It's her fault. Right? That was the first, the first sin. She, he blamed her. So, we have to, we have to, in our, number one, we have to work on Ador as seeing the hidden, you know, uh, I was in care of too many of the Shabbos. So, um, Baruch Hashem, uh, Torah, anytime was there. It was amazing, but they, I only spoke on Shabbos, so they couldn't tape anything I said. Maybe they did it on purpose, I don't know. They were scared what I might say. Could be. Um, Sunday? I didn't speak Sunday, I only spoke Shabbos. Friday night, Shabbos, only Shabbos, I didn't speak Sunday. I had, a Sunday I had a, I had a wedding in, in Lakewood at 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, so, so, it was a story that I said, I, I've said it here before, but it's like, it's like the perfect... Lesson. Well, first of all, there's a story I didn't say. I don't think I said it. I didn't say it here. Um, Rabbi Biederman says, oh, it's a, this guy, this, I didn't say this, this guy, this guy comes to his friend and he says, can you lend me, me $10,000? So the guy who borrowed the money, who lived in think his friend, he was in Williamsburg. The guy was like, I don't know, you, you know, when are you going to pay me back? He says, listen, I mamish need it for a week. I have a whole big deal coming through. Just $10,000, I just need it for a week. I pro- you promise? I promise. Okay. So a week comes by, he says, new, with my money? Uh, I need another week, it didn't happen, the bank, da, 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 a month, a year, two years. He calls him, with my money? I, I didn't, I, I, he's like, I knew this, he didn't want to lend him the money, whatever. Anyway, one day, the guy from Borough Park, who borrowed the 10 grand, calls the guy from Williamsburg, and he says to him, I have 5,000. If you come right now to my house, right now, I'll give you the 5,000, but on a tonight, you forgive me on the other five. So the guy says to himself, listen, this guy ain't paying me back. I'm chasing him for two years. Five is better than nothing. Deal! Gets into his car, leaves Williamsburg. He's on the BQE. He realizes that if I don't get there fast enough, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna give it away, gamble it. I got to really fly. So he's doing like 75 miles an hour with the BQE. Highway 2, right behind him. 
pulls him over. He's like, Hashem, Hashem, you cannot do this to me. I, I did the biggest mitzvah. I lent somebody money. I didn't want to, right? He's ripping me off. He's not going to pay me the other five grand. It's bad enough I just lost $5,000 for doing a mitzvah. Now you're going to get me a speeding ticket? And he's like really angry at God. Anyway, cop comes, rolled down his window. Are you crazy, man? 85 miles an hour? License registration. He says, listen, before I give you anything, I just want to tell you what's going on. Let's get $10,000. It's two years. He called me up. He said, if you're here within like 15 minutes, I'll give you back five. Otherwise, you're getting nothing. Cop says, oh, I hear stories. I thought maybe you had to go to the bathroom. And I hear all your stories. So I don't believe a word you say. He says, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You come with me to the guy. If it's true, you don't give me a ticket. If it's not true, you can lock me up. You can lock me up. He says, really? Deal. So the cop goes in front of him to Bartle Park with this guy. They pull up. They go to, it's an apartment building. They go up the elevator. You know what a highway cop looks like? Boots, the leather hat, the puffy pants, the whole thing. Apartment 3E. He rings the bell. The guy opens up, right? He's got the $5,000. He's got, so the cop seat, right? So he looks up at the cop. The guy goes, oh my God, you brought a policeman? I have 10. I really do have 10. Here, take the 10. Here, take the 10. Here, take the 10. He says over the story. He's thinking, a cop, Hashem, can you do this to me? Hashem sent the cop with you that you should get all your money. It's a story that he's right. It's a cute story, but it's, it's every day. Adar is the time focused on, focused on what you see is good. And thank Hashem, that's relationship. Halavai, everybody has a karsato. But focus on the stuff that you think is bad. The stuff you think is not good, realize that Hashem loves you and it's only, only for your good. So we don't have to tell you, drink wine, listen to music. No, that's not going to do it. It's a state of mind. You need to change your state of mind. So you need to understand that whatever happens to you is good. That is Purim. Purim is v'nahapachu. Whatever looked bad ended up being good. And therefore, that's what a person needs to do. In fact, why do we say, why do we say, um, Baruch Haman? You're supposed to drink enough to say Baruch Haman. If, any, if someone would get up to you and say, you need to say Baruch, Baruch, Baruch Hitler, Yimachshu you would ever get up and say Baruch Hitler, Yimachshu Avizichro? Or, or, or Baruch anyone that hurt the Jew, Nebuchadnezzar? Baruch Nebuchadnezzar? Chas v'shalom. So why Baruch Haman? Doesn't make sense. You should drink, so you should give a bracha to this guy who wanted to kill every Jew, every child. It didn't matter, right? It didn't matter. You're dead. Why? Because of Purim, which Haman created, Kla Yisrael was Mechabal Tereshabal Peh Ba'ahava for the first time. So even though he's a Russia, he's a rat, he wanted to kill you all, but because of him and us looking at it like we're done, we were Kabbal Hashem the first time, Ba'ahava. So in the end, the bad ended up causing good. That's the Mab Masimcha. Being able to see, not that we won and he hung. No, the bad stuff ended up being good. And the stuff, Hashem's name is totally hidden. He's really in every single pasuk. Every time it says Hamelach, he's really there. That, and that's a mindset. That's a mindset. So, 
and, and I'm not going to go through all the psukim, but you can go through the whole the whole book of Shmos, and you see that continuously, 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 Klai Yisrael is complaining, I want to go back to Mitzrayim, I want to go back to Mitzrayim, I want to leave the rehab, I want to go back to my drug dealers, I want to go back to my people, I want to go back to my pain, I didn't tell you that I want you to go into your pain, I know, but that's where I live. So Klai Yisrael said, I want to go back to Mitzrayim, because you took me to die in, in Mitzrayim, didn't take you to die in the Midbar, who told you that? Because my mind is dying. Wherever I'm going to go, I'm going to die. It's all pain. It's all pain. It's all pain. I'm feeling good. Uh-uh-uh. So she said something amazing, this girl, that there are people out there that feel they don't deserve to feel good. Wow. Wow. That's painful. They don't feel, why, why do I deserve to get up without a headache? Why do I deserve to be happy? I don't deserve to be happy. So I'm going to, I'm going to sabotage myself so that I'm not happy. So she said, you, we, you need to be trained so that, and, and that people should reward good behavior. So that when you come out, right, you don't need to do bad things. You don't need to fetch. When you're doing good things, people reward you. She said, but the world doesn't reward you for good behavior. They, only, they reward you for bad behavior because they're very scared it's going to get worse. So the people that are good, they're not scared it's going to get worse. The people that are bad, they think they're going to get worse. So they're, they're in a panic mode, so they reward them. So the people who are good are saying like, I also want to go to Utah skiing. <laughs> I want to be in a regular yeshiva. I learned. I I I know hundreds of thousands of missions by heart. I want to go to Utah skiing. We're not taking you skiing. You're good. Go learn Mishnah. But it's affecting them. Definitely affecting them. Okay. So every week we have a meeting. Now we're not going to stop. Stop. We have 15 minutes. We're going to learn Perek Dalit and Kavayasha. Every week in Mitzvah Hashem, Hashem should give us all long life. We're going to do 102. How much is 102? That's three months. No, what am I talking about? We do one a week. So it's for here, for here, for two and a half, two years. Mashiach should come, but we'll try to do maybe more, more than one. Uh, one. I mean, this this week, the the one that I'm doing is short, but the next one's very long, so I can only do one. All right. Yeshaya Nabi Olav Hashem. Yeshaya Nabi Olav Hashem said, "Kikasha Shemayim Achadoshim Oretz Achadoshim Sheni Oitza Oimim Lufanai." He said that in front of Hashem, the new skies, the new earth that I made will stand in front of me. God doesn't. God didn't make a new earth. What is it? What's going on over here? So the Zayar explains: A person who goes in the ways of Hashem and learns Torah, not to get a shidduch, not to be famous. Because it's a mitzvah from Hashem to learn Torah. That's it. And he comes up with chedushim, right? According to his sechol, he makes sure that his chedush shouldn't be false. Hashem is happy with him and his Torah. So the new shemayim and the new aretz is being created. By the new Torah, right? The Mechadish B'Torah. There's nothing new. The person who is Mechadish B'Torah. And I have to tell you that I taught children, I taught children that were not religious. And one year, I taught about Chidushet Torah. One year, I'm teaching Megillah. And I'm telling them that Hashem's name is not mentioned in Megillah's Esther. Okay? And this kid raises, and, and, and when it says HaMelech, without the word Achashverosh, so about Hashem. It says Hamelach Hashem's name. Okay. 
We're learning, we come to Perek Vav. The king could not sleep. So all the Kabbalistics for him and other Chazal say that the nace, the miracle began in that Perek. Until Perek Vav, we were in big trouble. The king couldn't sleep. It's talking about, with Hashem could not rest that he signed the decree that we should be destroyed. So they opened up the Sefer Zichronos, and Hashem saw what the Abbas I was saying, who did it, and everything that Clyde did in the past, so Hashem said, I can't sleep, we would, and the whole thing broke. So in Kabbalistic, when, did the, when was the turn for us that to good? Paragvav. Okay. Not religious kids. Totally not religious kids. Kid raises his hand. This is 30 years ago. He says, Rebbe, you're not going to believe it. I'm like, what? He says, I counted in Perek Vav the word Hamelech. I said, why? He said, because you said Hashem, this is where the, the Geula started, and Hashem was hidden. I said, and? He said, it says 26 times, the Gematria of Yud Vavke, Hamelech in Perek Vav. I said, no way. That's like Ruach HaKodesh. Right? So I counted it. 26 times. So, this is about a kid who wasn't religious. It was Mechadish Torah. Real Torah. So a person who's really learning for the right reasons has, can be Mechadish Torah. You have to check it. If it said only 25, you can't repeat it, you know, 26. But it says 26, and I'm sure everyone's going to go count it tonight. Count it. It's 26 times. So when a person says a Dvar Torah that's a Chiddush, and anybody could say it, if you're learning Lishma, Hashem sends you messages in your head, and, and I... Don't get turned off if you say, let's say, I remember we used to ask a question in, in class, and I, you'd ask a question, and the Rebbe would say, oh, that's Tysus' question. But you didn't see Tysus. So that means that when you ask that question, your brain was on a level of Tysus. That's where Rebbe Kiva Eger question. Holy moly! If I asked that question, and I didn't know it was a Rebbe Eger question, so at that moment, I fought on the level of Rebbe Kiva Eger. That's the biggest compliment. If, you're, if you ask a question that's already asked, even Rashi, Right? You, you have a question, and you say, you know, I think, I think that would be a good answer. And then you look at Rashi, and like, oh my gosh, Rashi says it. You were to Rashi. You were thinking, like, on a level of Rashi. That's something you'd be very proud of. Okay? Just because you, it was asked before, it doesn't mean that you didn't know. If you read it, big deal. But you didn't know. Even if you read it, it's a big deal. Okay. Person who makes up stuff. Right? He makes up stuff. This is words from the other side. And it floats, it floats in the air. His not true Samael. The Satan takes it. Wow. Not good. Not good. You want me to translate exactly what happens? I'll translate exactly what happens. This is what happens. Let's see what he says. I don't know if he translates it even. No, he doesn't talk about it. I'll, I'll read it to you, though. So I'll read it to you. It's in Lashon of the Zayah. It does not translate it. Oh, we skipped a little bit. I'm sorry, he does translate it. How did I miss this? Okay. Okay. Hashem is happy 
It stands up, his Chiddush stands in front of Hashem. Hashem crowns himself with the Chiddush of the Torah. And he kisses it. And he puts on it many crowns. And he creates new skies and new grounds. And they stand in front of him. And that way Hashem could watch it all the time. Listen to this. To make sure that the Malachim are not jealous that this human being has a chidot in the Torah and, and created these worlds. Hashem covers them like with a heaven and a ground so that they can't see it. That's in that in Hashem's um, shadow he covers it. Don't, don't be a Balgaiva about it. He says, because uh, Hashem is giving it to you. When, when, uh, when we, we say, um, right, we say, um, they listen. We can't be big shots that. that that with our Torah, you shouldn't be a, a gayist because the malachim are the malachim are are jealous. We yesh time lemash yechos zikros dafik b'sheshem kedusha with the kaimol and shalom koyet to the kedusha v'deshem zgoyu machbar b'olamos. A person who's a big shot that he knows how to learn, he destroys worlds. K'mis gobe di retori goyim leim hakdamos shav v'shekar v'deri shalos b'ol b'dvach kedusha avshenu emes. Because a person who's a big shot, he's going to end up he's going to end up saying Torah. He's going to say Torah that isn't true. What? Between a and a what? Someone's learning. No, learning is good. No, but don't say like, do you know who I am? You know what? I, you know, don't be don't be a balgayva. You should be very happy to learn that. That's not, that's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. But chas the other way, the other way, regarding one who creates insights from the Torah based on false premises. These are words of vanity. When they come out into the atmosphere in the world of the Satan, who is called the man of deceit, false tongue, comes out to meet them. He summons his strength and goes out towards these words from the opening of the deep and leaps toward them 500 passes. He takes these words of Sheker and makes from them a firmament of vanity called chaos. Very bad. And then he says, once he does that, Aisha's Nunim, his wife, I don't want to say her name, she goes out to meet them and she gives it more strength. And thousands of, of angels, of destroyers, of angels of Zayah, right? Of destroyers of Zayah go with her into the partnership. And they're able to travel the whole world. This is just from a, a, someone who says false Torah. And then the world, the nations of the world ha- have a feeling to, to, hurt, to hurt us. Included in the same category as someone who passes halacha who doesn't know how to pass in halacha. People call me, I never pass in halacha. I'm like, call, call a, I'm not, I don't have smicha, I'm not, I'm not a dayan, I'm not passing halacha. So you have to be very careful that if you don't know the halacha, if you're not a rav and you don't have smicha, don't give your opinion, send them to a rav. Unbelievable. If Shimbaichai told the students, if you don't, don't allow your mouth of Torah that you did not learn, you did not hear. Don't, don't say something you didn't hear. Just be very careful. 
very careful not to say false Torah. He says, listen to this. This is five, this is 500 and... This is... When did he live? 300? 300 years ago. He says, in our generation, I see this a lot. A lot of people speak in public and what they're saying is totally false. And they're fooling the eyes of the, of the people. And they look good. And they're good speakers. And they're willing to give up their Ganeiden in order to be like the big speaker. And they cause very bad things to happen. If someone who fears God should be very careful about the, the, the damage that you could do by, by teaching Torah that isn't true so that people would be like, wow, this guy's like amazing. You should know that all the coverage you're going to get in this world it's a thorn in your soul. You'll you live in the dark and you'll never see the light in the next world. And you're going to be embarrassed in the next world. In the next world, they won't go to Yeshiva Shamayla and hear the true Torah. And we're almost finished. Um, in the future, Hashem will sit in Gan Eden, Bedorish history Torah, and He'll explain all the secrets of the Torah. All tzaddikim Yosheim Lufanov, all tzaddikim will sit in front of Him. All pamayu shemayla oimim Lufanov, mimina yishalakadosh baruch hu, and all the pamayu shemayla are going to be sitting on the right side. The chamu levanakhem mazal b'smayla, and the moon and the sun and the stars and the mazalos on His left side. Because baruch hu darish lehem, time had Torah chadash, and Hashem is going to translate all the secrets. Also, you can learn a day Mashiach. Wow. Hashem's voice will go from one end to the other world, and we're going to say, Even the bad people who are sitting in Gehenna are going to answer, I learned this. The Zaira says that the people in Gehenna that are going to say, when in Shemayim they say, by Mashiach, they, in the schutz of a main Heshmerah, they will come out of Emes. If you're going to say Torah, make sure it's true. A person who says Torah be'emes will one day have the schutz to hear the chedushe Torah of Emes from God's voice. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.